0: It's Monday, August 23rd, and this is Season 6, Episode 3 of the 4-Star Spurs Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony. With me this week, we have Lucas. Hello,
1: hello, hello.
0: uh, Nate. Hey. And Christian. You does. Well, I'm excited to have a a conversation this week with with two consecutive Premier League wins to start off the season, especially when uh, Arsenal have two consecutive Premier League losses to start the season. So that's always always a good uh, place to be. Um, But I think this is going to be an interesting episode episode compared to last week where we had, like, a really good performance to talk about. I think now we have a couple mediocre performances to talk about, uh, but we still got a result in the league at least. Um, but first, I want to have a conversation quick about the Conference League match this Thursday. Um, so I, I did go uh, to the pub and watch this. Uh, we had a uh, dodgy stream that we used to uh, to watch this one because uh, Paramount Plus was not uh, carrying this one, which was, I think, a big uh, uh, negative to do with most fans and supporters.
2: Oh, no, now, they, they did, did us a favor by what it sounds like. Oh,
0: yeah, well, I, I, I guess... It, 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 in the case of it was a very exciting performance to watch, so yeah, maybe they did, did us a favor there. Um, we didn't tra- travel with the, anybody who was in the starting 11 for uh the, the city match prior to that, so so this was kind of a like a bench squad uh, mixed with uh, young some young young talent, but there was some significant talent in that spot. it wasn't like it was uh um incredibly weak. Uh, but we did manage to to lose one nil away to Paco's de Ferreira. or, or I think it might be Pasos or Pasos. Um, I've I've heard other people pronounce it better than me, but uh, regardless, um, what were you guys thoughts on this uh, this match and result, uh, Lucas?
1: Yeah, um,
3: I, I don't think I was too upset or worried by it. Um, I think. Sure, we're gonna get a lot of jokes for the fact that we lost to this team, but I mean this was a this was a training exercise for the kids, is what that was. And it was an ex- it was a chance to get like some of the young guys some minutes. Uh, it's one of the reasons I do hope we go through in this next round and or on Thursday we're able to get the job done and getting into the group stage of this tournament is just because we can continue to use it like that and get these guys minutes instead of having them play Watford's U twenty threes or something, they can actually go play some European competition, get some Get some minutes under their belt, but I think the main thing for me was I just I was looking at specific areas. I wanted to see Doherty have a great game. I wanted to see guys like Ben Davis have a good game. Uh, I wanted to see Winks have a good game, and those were the areas I think that I was disappointed. I wasn't disappointed with the fact that we lost. Um, that's to be expected, but um, yeah, I was I was more upset with Doherty's performance and Winks. Those were the two main outliers for me that I was genuinely angry about.
2: Deep. Yeah, I have to agree with Lucas. Um, this was, I mean, by the by by the look at the lineup, with how many like youth players we had. Romero's first game with us. Brian Heels' first game with us. Um, it was a chance for rotation. It was a chance for the guys on the bench to to try to see if they could um compete with the starting eleven for minutes. And it's really disappointing that, as Lucas said, they didn't really, it was it was them, it was those players that were the ones that really had to pour out rather than the younger players like Scarlet or Cessna. Now, no, no one really lit, lit the world on fire at all in the game, but it was especially your Winxes and your Doherty's that had these poor showings, um, which you do not want to see. So, yeah, it was incredibly disjointed, which is to be suspected with a squad that's never played with each other and a brand-new manager on a game in a dodgy—well, I don't know if it's a terribly dodgy field in Portugal, but from a way European tie like this. I mean, we had to only go back last last season to when we what beat—I can't remember which team it was—and those was Europa League qualifiers by the skin of our teeth to go through 2-1. I think they had a man sent off before we even scored. So, you know, we've been—they they had two
3: guys sent team. off, didn't they?
2: Yeah, they had two. I think actually. <laughs> so like. So you have to think, like, well, it was that wasn't easy. This isn't going to be a walk-in-the-park either if the team uh, fielded. But at the same time, um, there's no way goals anymore, and we're going to be back home, and I expect us to play a stronger team in this regard. So you expect to go through. And to be honest with me, it's like I didn't even watch the game. Like I, couldn't, I didn't want to bother finding a stream. I had to work when I was actually my first day back in the office. Um, so I really just never got a chance to. I saw I think I saw the last ten minutes. But um but that's really just how much I cared to kinda of say like I didn't want to bother to kinda of seek out the stream to watch it because it just wasn't a big priority for me. And it wasn't a big priority for the squad in that regard. So if we lose at home, that's a big embarrassment, but we should have enough to beat. Oh,
0: Lucas, you wanted to respond to that, it looked like
3: Yeah, oh no, I was I was just gonna say like with the I was gonna say, because I was out there at the pub with you, we watched it, Anthony, um, and I, we were talking a little bit then. Just there were some positives. Um, I mean, the the fact, like I said, I could go all day about Doherty and Winks and how they let me down, but I think there were some there were some positive signs. I really liked uh Young back in there. He looked really up for it. Um, he looked like he was attacking. Like he looked like he hasn't missed a beat, and he very much every time he got the ball he looked like he was trying to get forward which is something you really want to see especially from a wing back role um and another one was uh brian hill i think that in those first 10 minutes alone he was uh he was showing that same kind of attacking mindset towards the end it kind of got once they scored and they started to park the bus for that last for that entire second half was just us with the ball and not knowing really what to do with it and that's what you get when you have a just just a hodgepodge of a squad thrown in there with a lot of young guys that don't have time together you're not going to have a very fluid uh, you're not going to have a fluid way of breaking these teams down so um, it was good to see guys like Hill and he again just for having his first day out there he looked like every time he got the ball he was willing to take on the guy in front of him and try and get past him and a lot of times he did so I think there's a lot of there's some definite positives from that game on Thursday that we saw
0: yeah, no, definitely, and I agree with you. Like, uh, uh, Brian was uh, had some uh, good dribbling moments, uh, some uh, clever attacks. I mean, obviously, the there wasn't good communication between players. I mean, y- you'd like to see some uh, join up play with like Cessignon and, and Brian, who were both playing well, but um, but it, but it was a little disjointed. But that's to be expected, given the fact that these guys uh, aren't aren't necessarily. Uh, deep into their training together with Nuno and uh, like, uh, and they're obviously not the first team. They're not the guys who have been in camp the longest. Um, so, uh, you know, Sassanjan's been hurt. Brian came from the Olympics, So I I think it was just good to see them get some minutes. Uh, uh, Christian, did you get a chance to watch any
1: of this? uh, No, I I was able to uh, to uh, have my eye on the stream while I was at work, and um, you know I think you put out a C squad, and and you're going to expect to lose games um, to teams you don't know that well, and and uh, and the team a team that doesn't gel. Um, And that's what that was about. Right. It was about, okay, let's give all these young players a chance to earn their spot. Let's see uh, who's going to go the hardest. But there was no cohesion. There was no gel. So, you know, we got we got taken apart in that respect. Um, But, you know, going back at home, you know, you're going to see more there. You're going to see um, a few, probably Hoybergs, just going to see, you know, more like standard sturdy players that have more creativity and can, you know, make a difference quick so we can win and go through so that we can probably put out another B or C squad in the first leg of the next round. So it's, it's, you know, I think Nuno's doing the right thing. I think more importantly um, it, it, gives me a glimpse that Nuno is worried about the Prem and the FA Cup, which is what he should be worried about. Because we need top four, if not a run it at the um, at the Prem and we need to make a run at the FA Cup. So um, so I'm glad that that's being, you know, prioritized as number one. It needs to be. And I'm sure that's part of when he was brought in. He was, you know, he already knew that and was told that I'm sure. So, yeah, I, I don't think there's anything to be worried about with losing that one. nil. it's it sucks. But it's again, priorities here. And and I think we'll see a, a good a good game on Thursday.
0: Yeah, no, I, um, I I, I fully agree. I mean, I would have liked to seen some more service to Dane Scarlett um, uh, when he got his opportunity here. He really didn't get uh, much service from anybody. But on a whole, it was just nice to, to see some of these guys play. Uh, hopefully we'll get better out of them in the future as they get used to playing with each other one more, and I'm not really that worried about the result at this point. But let's go to MVP, LVP, and let's start with MVP first. Um uh Lucas uh I'll start with you for um for MVP
3: Um yeah so I didn't have too many uh that were high on my list I didn't think anyone stood out fantastically but I- I'll say young um just cuz I liked the way he was attacking on the wing it was really impressive to me it just it's that t- that attacking mentality is what we definitely need for him and the confidence definitely was there and so once he gets that full confidence and gets to start playing with some of the regular guys, I think he could be a good asset for us. So I was pleased with the, play, the way Sessingham played.
0: Yeah, that definitely. Uh, a good shout. And, and I'll just jump in and say he was my MVP as well. Uh, uh,
1: Christian, did you have an MVP for this one? Um. <laughs> I don't know if if you know MVP he can really be picked out. I thought Sesseyon played all right. I didn't think he was he was that good. I mean, I think Sesseyon should be should be fighting for a spot um higher up, but I know he's earning that back, but um I thought that uh, Scarlett was all right and there were some flashes of of brilliance here and there, but no one really stood out, but there was definitely a couple LVP's that stood out.
0: Nate did, Nate, did you catch enough to have a MVP or LVP? Not really. I can't really say.
2: Um, okay. What I saw was a lot of trying to kick the ball deep downfield, and then Scarlet really, that's not his game to try to hold that up. So I felt like that was kind of a waste of time trying to not try to build through them. But that was also a problem with our midfielders, not being able to have be able to go through um, the middle on the ground rather than keeping it forward and trying to get second balls and hold the ball up. So... That was 10 minutes at the end, though, when we really had to try anything. Um, it was nice to see Romero. I thought he did a couple of nice moves, um, before, even though it seemed like he was still not fully fit and was nursing an injury. But to me, his his, abil- his, uh, his strength and his quickness and his ability to marshal people off the ball was very apparent in the brief uh, time I watched. So that was really nice to see. Him. I really couldn't say whether he was an MVP or not, because that's the only time I watched it
0: yeah well, um, I'll start lVP. Um, and and i I'm, I was really disappointed in Lacelso's performance. I mean, uh, he's somebody who's uh, with the money that we paid for him, is supposed to be somebody who should be um, like it, able to play in our uh, top eleven, um maybe not every match. Maybe he's a rotation. we're uh, we're' we'll, we're trying different things in the midfield. But I saw nothing good out of him in this one. So uh, for hi, for me, uh, uh, he was my LVP. Uh, Lucas, did you have an LVP? Or, oh sorry? yeah,
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mine was uh, mine was Doherty again. Just the I could harp on it all day, but he was the exact opposite for me as to he was the opposite for me as what Cesson was. Like Cesson I loved that Christian mentioned. Yeah, it wasn't perfect, but. Mentality was there in terms of getting the ball. If you're that wing back and you're in that wing back role, when you get the ball, you have to be having that attacking mindset and trying to get past players and get the ball in from the from the wings. And Doherty just every time he got the ball, just looked to pass it right back to somebody in the middle. He didn't want to run at anyone. And the defense for Doherty so far has been a lot of people always defend him by saying, Ah, well, he didn't do well under Mourinho because he's not a true fullback, he's more of a wing back. But every time we see him in these wing back roles. He doesn't show that he wants to actually take the ball past someone and actually attack, go towards the end line. And if he's not willing to do it against a team like that on Thursday, how are we going to expect him to pop in and do this type of stuff in a Premier League role? So I I was very disappointed in him. He's definitely my LVP.
0: Yeah, you have a good point there. Uh,
1: Christian? Yeah, I think Winks is just rubbish and um, (laughs) just runs, you know, really without purpose um, you know, I, I just, I just have seen him slide so far in the last two years. And the fact that he's out with this C squad says a lot. Um, I do also think Giovanni slid a bunch as well. I do agree with you. He's, he was terrible then. And he wasn't good when he came on, uh, the weekend. Uh, I don't know what's up with him, but he is, uh, he's on my shit list as well. But, uh, but I, I I'd say winks. Yeah. compare shout, uh. And I think, Nate, you said
0: you didn't see enough to, to make a LVP here. So well, I think that probably is a good place to wrap up this Conference League match and, uh, and move along to the, the main event. So this, uh, so this weekend, uh, we took on Wolves uh, away uh, on Sunday. Um, it was kind of a tough fought battle. It was a, a, a bit ug- more ugly than what we saw against City. Um, we did have Traore out there and I'm sure we're going to be talking about him a lot today. Um, we did have him kind of giving us our, uh, defenses fits, but we were able to get that, uh, relatively early penalty from, uh, Alli and, uh, um, uh, in the work that was done there to, uh, to, to get that penalty call, um. And uh, w- once we sank that, we were able to fight uh, fight them off and hold on to that lead, even if it was uh, a bit of a battering that we were taking, holding off that lead. But uh, we've be- become kind of this 1-0 uh, 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 FC, but um, at least in the first two matches of the season. But uh, we got the result. Uh, so uh, what do you guys think on this one? Um, I think, uh, Nate, you had your hand up first.
2: Well, yeah, it's just um – you think about the difference between this, our first game, of one 0 against City, and the way we played, very counter-attacking, um, played kind of a deep defensively, um, but really limited their chances, and we scored and had a couple of chances on the break to to make a difference, and and uh, we got a nice win, and that's great against Man City, um, but it's a different story when you play in the same kind of game against the Wolves side now. That's not to take anything away from Wolves. Wolves away, I think every time we've played them away, it's been a tough game. We've won there, I think, three out of four times. It's always been by one goal. And I think in just about every case, we they they, they took it to us. That game where Vertonghen hit the last-minute header, Triori, like ran Vertonghen ragged that game, I think you guys will remember, and he even scored in that game. And um, they probably should have won that game. Um <clears throat> Even the three-two when Pochettino was still there in the, in the Wolves' first game, they came back and could have had several chances to tie that game. And then the one-one we scored early, and then they really had loads of chances and equalized in like 80th in an was last season when they were probably their worst Wolves side. So it's always it's not been it's never been easy for us to play against a Wolves team. I mean, These Wolves team is pretty good. I still have Traore, who will destroy anybody. But seeing the same problems that we saw last year. Is something to be concerned about. Um, and it was, again, the midfield's inability to kind of break the press and move the ball forward consistently that got us kind of pegged in. Um, and Traore, they were able to keep possession. Traore was able to kind of run us ragged, especially in that first half.
0: Yeah, uh, Christian, you looked like you wanted to respond to that.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, Wolves were unlucky. Um They had a bunch of clear-cut chances. Traore is an absolute fucking unit. Lucas and I are texting all night um, about just how much of a beast this kid is. Uh, he took uh, Tanganga for an absolute ride yesterday who, you know, Tanganga was amazing against Man City and he got a little lucky and, and he was still good. He wasn't bad. I mean, it's hard to mark that guy. I mean, he's just he runs at pace and he's big. His fucking thighs. Each one is bigger than his waist. I mean, it's just he's he's an absolute beast. And, and you know, Mimenef um, did well. Wolves played a really good game there. And I'm sure the Wolves podcast is talking about how unlucky they are right now. Um, but um, what we did was we ground out win, and grinding is something that we have not been doing, uh, certainly in the last half of last season, just like we ground out win against Man City. And that is something I'm super proud of and so happy to see. Um, but there was no doubt there there was some luck involved. I think that um, – uh, Delhi's going to start to you know grow more and more. He'll you know if he keeps this up, uh, he'll start getting called up for England, which will drive up more confidence. Um, he uh, he worked hella hard on the offseason. season um i'm i'm getting more and more impressed with him he's trying to be the creativity uh man that you know when it was the uh fab 4 he was more of and uh he's making more chances happen um he's finishing his dinner from the pen spot which for english people is a really hard thing to do as we well know so um i think that um i think what i take away from from this whole thing is um, we're up for grinding out, holding on to a lead, and we certainly didn't show that last year. So that's a fucking massive positive. No, um, we've got some, you know, real sparks of brilliance, and I think Kane coming on um, uh, is a positive sign. Um, it, you know, he he was he's been such a twat about the whole thing, without a doubt uh he you know could have handled it so much better and i hope it doesn't tarnish his legacy if we get through the you know the next 12 days or whatever it is or 10 days um and you know the the transfer window closes we've h- we've held on to kane and he starts to get back into scoring mode and spurs mode and loyalty mode and, and we make a run at things i think it'll it'll really step us up again so uh, you know a bunch of positives some negatives to take away is w- we did get lucky in a lot of senses we you know Laurice made an absolute made two incredible saves um uh we uh, still look a little bit thin center uh in and we're getting run through a lot and i, I don't know whether that's um uh Hoybier not um, anticipating well enough but balls are going through the center and i mean that breakaway that should have been a goal uh, for uh, Treori um, was was horrendous defending, uh, and that was all through the mid. Uh, there uh, just some sketchy shit that I'm seeing um, uh, for uh, from our centre backs and defensive midfielders. So that that still needs to be addressed massively, and I'm sure Nuno knows that, and they'll be working at that on the training ground. But I do feel really confident that I know we didn't. You know, we only scored a pen technically, but it was a pen, and we were penetrating through in the box, but. Um, I do feel like we're going to score. Even with Stevie not being my number one choice, really, um, he's still, except for that absolute magic piece of skill he did on the uh, touchline, which was absolutely incredible. Um, uh, Which I totally had to eat my words, because I was motherfucking him right before then. (laughs) But um, I I think that I feel like we're going to score when we're when we're breaking downfield, which is what, you know, one of our main game plans is. So I take away a bunch of positives, mostly that Nuno's got the spirit of the dressing room. Um, they obviously are enjoying what they're doing right now and they're willing to work. And that's something we haven't had in a while. So.
0: Lucas, uh, Lucas.
3: Yeah, From I think like a lot of what Christian said there was uh, pretty spot on, I think. One of the things that, uh, like he touched on there with the mentality, I know we saw last year when we went Wolves away, we got that quick goal by Ndombele in the first few minutes and then we sat back and it was just a matter of time. Um, and like he said, too, with the Wolves, I mean, if I was a Wolves fan, I would be fuming right now because they've played really, really well in their first two games and they don't even have a goal to show for it. and They got two losses, but that team, yeah, they, they took it to us. And I think what Nate said with the press, I think that was the main thing that, bothered me was that they had like we weren't able to get out of our midfield or out of the out of the box and we weren't able to get the ball out of our half with their press and I think we definitely need to address that with some uh some type of midfielder we need a general in the midfield that can actually help us break down those those pressure situations because we had a lot of with a lot of definite dodgy moments that against teams that might be more clinical, we could have been down a lot of goals in that first half. Uh,
0: Nate, you looked like you wanted to, You had a response. Yeah,
2: no, um, Christian, you mentioned luck a lot. I, I think that's not giving our guys as much credit as we should give them. Um, I wouldn't put it down as much to luck as kind of – I. other than that big chance that Traore had through the middle on the dire turnover, I don't know if they really had too many really, really good chances. Like – there was a couple. There was that one that Jimenez hit over the bar. But if he scored that, that's a worldy of a goal, where he's kind of leaning back and um, and he's trying to. That was really right well played. And a really nice shot. Just went over the bar. But and we know like Neves can hit a good shot, but like every single shot that they hit on target went right at Hugo. Like he didn't even have to move at all the whole game. And like that is one thing that maybe you can count on luck, but I think that's also how we set up. I mean, you let Trey. I mean, Traore is amazing, but he's got a Sissoko finish. That's always been a thing holding him back, is that his final ball is woeful. And it happened again. He lays past Ganga in the first like five minutes, got it out and into cut inside and then hit it out for a throwing. And even his shot when he was on the way through, I was totally comfortable. Because it's Traore, and he can't score. And he hit it low and right at Hugo. <laughs> and Hugo and Hugo had that great one on one save. And then so, like, they had good chances, and they and Traore, like, really hit us, especially in that first half. But you know what? Aside from that big chance, on the, the once again, really came from a dire turnover more than anything, I thought. Um, they really ran out of steam in a second, and I think in the last 15 minutes, we were the better side. And just like with City, which is a very encouraging point, which is a very encouraging sign. And Lucas, you mentioned this too, but how we actually are taking it two teams in the end, we're not sitting back at the last whistle with Jose. And these first two wins. Yes, it may be one-nil wins. Yes, it may be a lot of counterattacking. But in both those instances, at the end of the game, we had the ball in their half of the, stick of the field, both times. And at the end of Jose wins, we're usually like pinned all the way back in our half just waiting for time to end. Whereas this time, it was like, we were probably the next team to score more likely in both instances, I'd say. So that is a difference. Even though it's kind of a similar style in a lot of ways, I think our fitness is a lot better. I mean, Oliver skipped. I thought he was pretty solid today, especially being on a yellow card uh, for over half the game. And so, so,
0: uh, I'm going inter- to interrupt you there because we do have a question that I think might be a good one to uh, t- to tackle uh, with where you're at in the conversation. I'll let you take first tackle at it, Nate. Uh, so Glenn a- asks us on Twitter, um, uh, who, who has impressed you more, Skip or Tanganga? Uh, who has the higher ceiling? Overall impression on both so far, uh, with two games under their belts. Uh, um,
2: Skip thought, has impressed me more, but they both impressed me immensely. I think that's more to do with the fact that Skip didn't have to man-mark them, um, uh, Adama chiori in his second game of the season more than themselves in general, because I think anyone is going to have problems there. Andy Robinson said it's, it's the toughest guy he's ever defended. So, as far as ceiling goes, um, they both have a really high ceiling. I couldn't tell you which one is better. I Maybe... Um, I think Jophnit can get more confident going forward and when he does he can be great cuz I think he actually it's uh, his his final ball is underrated. I've seen him whipping some really really dangerous balls that people just haven't gotten on the end of. And he's got some great ball control. He's got underrated tight control and he got to plow through people on occasion. He did that a couple times against City. He wasn't able to do that today uh, yesterday, but I think that game can develop further and I could see him being a little working a lot better in his attack. This his defense is outstanding. Uh, just anyone's going to struggle against Traore, so I think it's kind of unfair to use this game as a case study in that regard. But I thought Skip was was solid. What he does that a Winx or Soko doesn't do is he 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 kind of clogs up passing kind of areas. So like you'll notice like most of the bo- I actually disagree with what Christian said because I feel like most of their penetration, just about all of it, came through to the left side of the Traore. Like and and without him, they would have had a really difficult time getting us through. Once they got to the edge of the box, even after that, they really couldn't find a way through. We were blocking shots. We were kind of intercepting the ball. We were turning it over, and that's a different problem because that's what I'm more worried about. I think a central midfield defensively is fine. It's the fact that they can't keep the ball and get it forward, and that's where I find the Skip and Hoyle partnership to be problematic because I like both of them as players, but I do wonder if they can play together well.
0: Well, yeah, and it seems like we might not need to hold holding midfielders for every match. To your point, uh, but I'm going to let Christian answer the question next and uh, respond to uh, uh, since you guys have a bit uh, like d- different point of view here.
1: Uh, yeah, I think skips um, more impressive in my opinion due to the fact that. Um, uh, you know, Norwich has fallen apart without him, um, and he's had to come in and he's had to uh, readjust to a different squad, and he's done that quite well. And I think that's a really hard task. Uh, Tanganga's been uh, at Spurs for you know a year and a bit, and um, and, and I think he's been good. But uh, you know, he got he got pretty dealt with by uh, by a really good player yesterday, and I think Skip held his own well. Um, to rebut on the. I, I don't think we're losing it through the center. Uh, you're right. The the attack was pushed to the wings because Treori was taking advantage of Tangang on the wings. But our issues in the center are a massive problem. That's without a doubt. And and I think Wolves definitely exposed that three or four times. They had four or five pretty clear cut chances that that really could have gone their way. Um, and, uh, and and I think, uh, you know, the luck part of it we did get a bit lucky there's there's no doubt we we needed a little bit of luck there because possession was you know uh, 40% in the in the first half and the way that they um they worked the ball especially through our mid and on the wings um it was it was not it was not up to standard and and if we'd have lost that game 2-1 uh, I think everyone would have been like well yeah i mean they kind of they kind of ripped us apart they were knocking on the door uh but but again, we did grind it out, so I do give the boys credit for that because they they grind out so well uh, these past two weeks, and I'm super super happy and excited about that. Um, I still think we you know we need to improve, um, uh, being tight at the back without a doubt. Higher ceiling, I think Skip's got a higher ceiling as well. Uh, he's got more room to move. Uh, he can he can play uh, all over the pitch. Um, so, but but I still think has done a fantastic job.
0: Uh, Lucas, uh, your answer and uh, any response that you have to both of what uh, everything both of these guys said.
3: Yeah, I definitely think um, in in terms of the luck thing, I mean, that's to me, a lot of that is just how football is, you know, because if you're looking at if you're wolves, you could be saying, too, well, we got kind of lucky because uh, Spurs had a couple chances in that first half that we could have put away. That was that one that Bergbine tried to square up to Delhi. I mean, we were not. Wolves were definitely the better team in that first half in a lot of ways, but we could have still gone into that half up 2-0. And so I think that was a little bit of the way that just football bounces sometimes. But uh, yeah, I definitely agree. I think Skip to me, um, I'm very impressed with both of those kids. Um, The biggest thing I'm impressed with is the mentality. Um, These are guys that don't have a lot of experience. We know that they're good players. Otherwise they wouldn't be starting for Tottenham Hotspur in a premier league games. These are good players, but the mentality to come in, like they look like they've been playing Premier League football for for decades. Like These kids have zero fear. They have this confidence about them, which is just wicked impressive to me. Uh, the way Skip goes in for challenges, it looks like he doesn't care who you are. Um, I don't really hold Tanganga getting beasted yesterday against him because, like Nate had mentioned, Bertongan's been run ragged by him. I know some of the best players in the league have been just torn apart by Traore, so that's going to happen. Uh, in terms of the ceiling, it's too too early to tell, but I, I would give Skip the little bit of the nod just because uh, I know Tanganga's had some injury concerns in the past. So that would be the only thing that would make me think Skip maybe has a little bit more of a, a little bit of a higher ceiling. But, again, it's really early, and as far as we know, these kids can both go on to be superstars, and I hope they do.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree with everything you guys are saying. I am um, I think you guys have done a fantastic job, so I'm not even going to add my two cents uh, to this particular conversation. On a whole, I was just excited to uh, w- see this the result, and I'm um, excited to see where our next direction it goes. Um,
2: Nate, you wanted to jump in? Yeah, I just wanted to say, like, as far as, like, if you really think about it, we had just about as many great chances as they did in the game, despite the possession. Like, I thought we finished incredibly well. And like, especially when Harry Kane came on. And even LaCelsa to a moment. Like the moment LaCelso came on and we had another person, they kind of keep the ball a little bit in the midfield, that was incredibly helpful. Um, so so yeah, no, I was pretty um I just I just want I just think that if this is the way we're gonna play and buy it all intents and purposes based on nuna's history it probably is going to be unless we get new personnel that can change it um we are going to get chances and i do not think we're going to go continue this one nil kind of
1: deal especially when kane comes in i expect him to stay through the window so Uh, i was shocked that kane didn't finish his dinner on that chance as well when he tried to meg the keeper yeah because that's just
2: that one i mean Saw stood on his head at the end there if you think about it like he made two double saves in the game like that's wild we're a double save and then a last ditch block on a second shot, I think. But yeah, we got him behind them a couple of times, and um, and yeah, I'm surprised by that. So, uh, um, yeah, we we'll see what happens.
1: Your yeah, goalkeeping was good on both ends, to be fair. Really good on both ends.
2: Yeah, you know what? You know what
1: interests me actually,
2: um, for the most, when is Hugo turned into Edison? Because there were a couple long balls. Like, remember, his distribution used to be total dog shit. I remember when, like, for years. There were a couple long balls today. That's a big change, I noticed, that have gone right to Bergvinder's or something. That was, those are, that's something new. I haven't seen that from Hugo before, and that's happening this season. Yeah, I right. hear so it
3: seems
0: to be some kind of better anticipation of where players are going to end up, or oh. some kind of communication. I like, it. Uh, just on the Bergwijn point, like, I think Burkevin's been playing pretty well. I mean, obviously we have the fish problem that we, uh, we talked about on the podcast, but, um, but he, he seems he's pretty good at connecting with the like collecting those types of, uh, air ball passes and, and people. Like I, I not think you mentioned his. I think it was you mentioned his uh, involvement. I thought he's wearing pretty well. I think it was just a couple of paces ahead. It wasn't like there. It was true in communication. They were just off pace a
2: little with one another. I, uh, I not Anthony. I, I put Your 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 we can't. Your 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 feet is terrible right now. Anthony, you're kind of <laughs> in and
3: out. Oh, okay. But on Anthony's point there about I, I, or uh, what Nate you brought up, that is something nice to see with with Hugo because, I mean, especially if we're going to be trying to find ways through and like uh, without like a Toby or somebody that can hit, we know Dyer can do it sometimes with those long pings, but seeing that distribution, like if Hugo wants to send a few of those nice balls over the top and hit those guys in stride, I'm more than welcome to have that in our, in our war chest, if you will, one of just another asset that we can try and play around with. But yeah, it was, Hugo's, if, if that wants to be something that he puts in part of his game, I'm more than happy to see it.
1: Yeah, but also, we want to be careful. We're not going back to the fucking Gomez days, where we're just launching it out there and hoping someone's on the end of it, you know? Because- we don't have Peter Crouch to, get, to, to hold the
2: ball up either and knock it down for Defoe, so I really hope we don't do that, because we don't really have that. Though Kane, to son, hey, that could happen, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, but Bergvine, you know, he really impressed me today. Uh, yesterday. I... I thought he had a really good game. I thought he had. It, it, it wasn't like the shot he did take was a bad shot. It was a great save by Saw, um, and he um, that that beautiful little flick down the touchline to get that really good chance late in the second half. Whew! Whew! that was beautiful. Let's let's see more of that. So a confident Stephen Birdbine, I think, could be very very dangerous. I'm hoping. Yeah. I can build up
0: more How's my son going? Is it so still better. No,
2: yeah, it's not still better exactly at
0: all. Yeah. Uh, well, how do you guys go through and do your MVP, I'm going to uh, – I'll return the call. Right.
2: <laughs>
3: anybody
0: want
2: to – anyone want Can anyone decipher what up. that said? Uh, yeah, he said no, to do
3: LVP and MVP. Yeah, I know. So. LVP,
2: LVP. It just sounds like an alien. Um, anyone want to start? Yeah, I'll go first with MVP. Uh, mine for the day, I'd have to say, um, man, you know – if not for that turnover, I would have picked Eric Dyer because I thought he was fantastic. But he really did literally gift them a one-on-one opportunity. So he can't take it. I would have to say, uh, you know, I might agree with the Spurs fans because I think uh, Dele was tremendous. Um, he um, he was great. That, that run he did for the goal. I mean, it, yeah, he scored a penalty. was his goal. But he also made the goal himself, too. A great little pass from Megeon, And he made that little run in the box through everybody. And that's what we need from somebody in the midfield to make those runs. So that was really nice uh, to see. And again, just like in the Mad City game, he was everywhere. I mean, he was the person that ran the most, um, once again, another over 11 kilometers. So um, he was blocking shots. Uh, there was that late fall where him and Skip just kind of dove into to block a shot in the box in the second half. Um, and he was the one guy that really was able to carry the ball forward and get it to our attacking when we were able to. So, uh, so yeah, I was really impressed with him once again. And as we've all been saying, like, long may this continue. It's not the kind of position we're used to him playing. But, you know, this is where he started. He started deep for MK Dons. And as Nino said, he's a runner. He can go box to box. And all those talking, all those points about how lazy he is, it all looks like bullshit when he's putting in performances like this consistently.
3: Yeah, I'll go next. Um, I, I probably had Delia's as mine as well. Um, but to not to be redundant, I'll just say I will give mine to Sanchez. Um, just because I think having Sanchez in these last uh, these last two starts, I said yesterday at the pub that there's been 180 minutes now into this season and I have yet to want to punch Sanchez in the face once. And to me that is like the highest compliment I can give him right now because usually it's about every three or four minutes. I'm just screaming something about Sanchez. So uh, if he wants to keep those performances coming, I'm all for it and I think that uh he deserves a shout out for the way he's been playing. So I'll say he was my MVP yesterday.
1: Yeah, I I'm going to say Reggie. I thought I thought Reggie Allen was really really good. Um and um just solid, really solid. Um I was I it was nice to uh I felt I felt confidence every time he had the ball and I thought it was a good display from him. He ran hard and uh and he, he did he did all the right things. So I think we uh, he was definitely a big part of why uh, we kept another clean sheet. I should just roll into my uh, LVP, um, which is which is. Uh,
3: You're still kind of dodgy, Anthony. Yeah.
1: And your screen
2: is frozen. Yeah. Is that there? Barely. barely. And your screen is still frozen. (laughs) What is going on, man? I can't hey, like, wait. Someone jam your radar or some poke. shit. <laughs> I, mean, it's just, I, mean, I think it's Christian, just
3: who we Christian, were you doing your LVP? Yeah. Yeah,
1: so my LVP would be Mora. Um I thought he was uh he just was non-existent. Um he wasn't creative. Uh not not exactly um it would not that he was Bad. I just, I expected so much more from him and do expect more from him. He was right to get subbed off. I mean, he was just way too quiet for uh, someone who needs to be uh, basically a a huge part of our our, uh, offensive strategy. So, pretty disappointed with Moore's Moore's play yesterday.
2: I'll go. Um, I agree with you, Christian. Lucas was mine as well. Um, everything that we saw good from him in that first game, getting the ball in tight spaces, being able to drill past a couple of people, um, finding people in front of him that we saw from Manchester City. he was in, unable to do anything at all. And you know it was really nice and, and kind of another thing I like about Nuno is he took him off. Um, it wasn't like it wasn't like he had a plan going forward and he thought and it, like ahead of time he's gonna stick to like the substitutions for Keckley. It looked like he saw Lucas had a bad game. And he brought him with Celso. And I think once that came on, um, things kind of moved into our favor a little bit. Not because Celso did anything special. I don't think he really did. But he was able to bring a little bit more stability in the midfield that Lucas was unable to do. I think he turned over the ball every time he got it, just about. And really didn't offer anything offensively. So, yeah. um, Lucas isn't uh, born again, unfortunately, under Nuno. He uh, looks to be the same um, inconsistent player. So, not the greatest thing. But... um, he could just as well come out and have a great game against Watford. So who knows with him?
3: Yeah, I can't say I disagree with you guys. Um, the big thing for me, like you said, Nate, was like that giving a giving the ball away. Um, and it's not like he's losing the ball like while we're right around the outside of their box and it's off an attacking chance or something. He was losing the ball away in the center of the park in our in our own half, and that's where it, you just can't have that. So I gotta say Lucas was mine too, which again is just kind of a bummer because. The way he played against Man City had all of our hopes up for kind of this new renaissance for Lucas Mora. But um, who knows? It's early. Um, hopefully he can actually carry that and kind of correct his mistakes. It's maybe have a blinder against Watford or something this weekend. Anthony, are you back yet or no? Uh, I'm here.
0: Can you guys hear me okay?
2: I mean, it sounds like you're far away. It sounds like you're far away and underwater. Uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> we are going to go to half and try uh, and fix the sound problem during the half. Uh, second half, we will talk some transfer rumors and then preview both upcoming matches. Uh, so hang tight, and we're going
2: to go to Luke's Locks next. So what he said, if you didn't hear him, is that we're going to set <laughs> the sound issues at halftime. And uh, we're going to go to Luke's Locks next, so thanks for listening. Sorry for the technical difficulties. <laughs>
3: All right, we've got Luke's Locks coming at you, boys. Let's get rich here. Here's your free money for picks of the week. We're going to start with Man City over three goals versus Arsenal. Arsenal have yet to score this season, and i got to think at some point they're going to score, as fun as it would be for them to not score all season. Uh, City at home is going to have no problem blasting through them and throwing a couple goals up, so over three is your pick there. Uh, next one is Liverpool at home to Chelsea. We're going to take the under on this one. Under two and a half goals. These two teams are very even and they're very sound defensively. Um, I expect this one to be low scoring, which has been the trend with these two teams when they meet up. Uh, third one is Leicester minus a half goal at away at Norwich. Norwich has looked awful thus far this season and has conceded many goals. Leicester is coming off their ass-kicking that they took today at West Ham, so they're definitely going to be up for it and want to bounce back, and I expect them to do so away, minus that half goal. Uh, Last one, Wolves at home against Man United. We're going to take the over on this one. It's two and a half goals. Wolves, like Arsenal, has yet to score this season, but has played really great in their two games, so I do think goals will be coming for them. And Man United, of course, has the firepower that they have, so I expect them to score a few as well. So over two and a half goals in that game. There's your four free picks of the week, and let's go get rich, kids.
0: Well, thanks for that, Lucas. And uh, I apologize for our technical difficulties there. Uh, It seems like my internet's gone in and out, so hopefully we don't have any more problems, but we're going to power through either way and make sure that you guys get an episode uh, uh, this week. Um, But um, I want to start the second half conversation by talking about some of the transfer rumors that are going out. And I think probably a good place to start that is with, um, kind of the news that's been coming out over the last day or so. And we have a good question on that. So we are going to go to the, the question from, um, our own Joe L. Um, so Joe asks us, uh, at Northern spur USA, um, the great debate: Should we try to sign Treori? Uh, so, what are your guys' thoughts on Treori? Obviously, we saw him uh, play, um, but there there is a debate about whether we should bring him in, and it, it is looking like there's just some serious interest here. Uh, Nate,
2: yeah, there's definitely serious interest. I mean, pretty sure Romano, Gold, Kilpatrick all reported on it there, and I think we are. We had an initial loan rebuff for the expected, or expected to go back in again, and do, like, maybe a loan with an obligation to buy or some weird shit like we've been doing uh, with Lo Celso and Romero. But um, I'm kind of mixed about this. I, I see Traore, I mean, like, he causes everybody problems. But I think we're, we're trying to replace the goals in our team that we lost from both Vinicius and uh, Gareth Bale leaving. And Brian Aguil ain't going to do that. Um, I think because, I mean, he's a good player, but he's young and he really only has had a kind of one season, full season in La Liga and he didn't score too much in that. So it wasn't like kind of this match made in heaven there. And then you're looking at Adama Traore and as as wonderful he as to watch run at opposition, I mean, we've talked about his end product, we witness his end product and how poor it is. And so does it kind of replace the goals that we want to buy a winger or what it sounds like is if we go going for error, we're not getting another striker. Um, but at the same time, there's something he does bring that we do not have, and that's ability to carry the ball through the midfield. It's something we haven't had since Dumbella, really, in the team. And Adama is so physical that it's very difficult to get the ball off. Of. So in some weird fashion, he could be the person that kind of... Uh, you know allows us to kind of keep the ball just because of how strong he can be so it really depends on what we get out of him when we get him and it's a lot of money but at the same time you know really wants him and, and you know what we should really back the manager here because um it's his philosophy that's going to be trying to get and uh if he wants him i say you know what let's go for it and see what happens worst thing it's still going to be absolutely fun as hell to watch and we don't have to face him ever again. So, you know, in that regard, it's great. But uh, but I don't I don't think I, I'm going to agree with you, Luke and Christian, because I know you're pretty high on this guy about um, whether I think this is the great, great call. I don't. But at the same time, I think it could work out. I'm just a little hesitant. It. I,
0: I get your point, Nate. And we are going to go to Lucas next. But I, I like the way that he can uh, create space for other players. That he can pull the defensive line uh, uh, line around, and really just create fits for the the opposing team. But let's go to Lucas next.
3: Yeah, um, I'm kind of with Nate. Um, I think that this is probably one of the most up in the air ones uh, when it comes to these rumors, because it is a bit of a gamble. Um, usually, when you're talking about transfer rumors and people you want to sign, it's pretty cut and dry of whether or not it's going to work or it's going to fit. Um, but yeah, this one is really up there. It's 50-50. It could go either way. And um, I'm going to take the viewpoint uh, with a touch of optimism and look at the positives that could happen. And like Nate said, the big one is that person that's able to carry the ball. Um, that's something that we really wanted to see with Ndombele, never got the product. Um, so this could be that guy. It is a bit of a risk but I think his ability to carry the ball in the middle of the park and not actually get bullied off the ball is something that we haven't seen for a long time since Dembele. Um, I think of all the goals that could come again, his finishing is very Sissoko esque but there is a lot of potential there for other people to get goals off of his runs. And like yesterday, he set up wolves for a lot of a lot of quality chances, not I don't want to say Wolves doesn't have the great, uh, like good finishers. They have a couple of guys who can score. But if you take a guy like a Traore and have those runs into the box with a cane or a son in the box as well, it's going to take a lot of pressure off of those guys. So there is a massive potential for a lot of goals to be created off of him, not actually him scoring them. So that's the optimistic view, but I mean, it is a coin flip. It could go either way.
0: Uh, Christian. Did you have anything you
1: wanted to add? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of for it. I think he brings a strong physical presence, which we lack. I think he brings um, uh, the ability to, um, uh, like both uh, Nate and Lucas were saying, a play make in a lot of ways and draw defense to him because of uh, how he is and how he does carry the ball. Um, I, I don't think it hurts. I, I just think that, especially if it's alone um i think it's it's another um another uh, uh tool in the toolbox that we could massively use um you know, i'd love to see Treori setting up harry kane and and son in the box from a, a you know a turn and run where he's muscled someone off the ball i mean i think that we could see a lot of that and there's there's a lot of creativity and a lot of things we can do with it so i see it as as a plus if we do get him
0: yeah no excellent shouts there i uh I to- totally agree. Like, it's not the I think the ideal player that we need, but there is a skill set there that um, that we're certainly lacking right now. Um, I don't know about the money that's being asked for for him, but the market's a little weird right now, regardless. And and if this is the guy that Nuno wants, like that, that, that that's who I want to back. I I want him to put together what his plan is, um, and and see what he can do because uh, like if we're, if if. If we're going with him as the, our captain, he's our choice that we, we made for coach. Like, uh, let's back him and in, in, in bring in the guys that he wants, because I think that's uh, give him his chance. And if it doesn't work out in a couple of years after his contract runs out, then um, maybe this wasn't the right idea. But let's back his idea right now and let's try and get him in. Um, I also want to touch on the Ndombele um, uh, situation. So Ndombele has asked for a transfer request. Um, and the rumor, uh, my initial thought was like that nobody was going to take him under uh, on the wages he was at, that there wasn't really going to be much interest, but then all these swap deals started to uh, pop up as uh, possibilities. There's a rumor that like, there's a German team r- really in form, which it sounds like that's probably Bayern Munich. Um, and then th- there's a Spanish team that that's interested in them. Those seem to be the two top ones, but then you also hear about like Juventus with, uh, uh, like a possible, uh, uh, McKinney swap for him. Uh, so, what do you guys think on this, in Uh are, are you ready to part ways? Do you think that there's a good swap possibility uh, uh, that that would work for Spurs, or would you rather just get money and try and buy somebody? Um, uh, Nate.
2: Well, you know, I don't know if we're going to be able to get some of the out right because I mean he's on he's on 200k per week. He really hasn't shown here, but at the same time, maybe I'm wrong, because as you said, Anthony Byron wants him. Um, they try to do some sort of deal with Taliso, and to be honest, Taliso is made out of paper mache, so I really don't want him here, um, even though it can be solid. And then um, there's an unnamed Spanish club. Um, I know people had flattered the idea of Juventus, but there doesn't seem to be anything really there yet. Um, so maybe he does have suitors because he kind of made, there was kind of something that came out right afterwards said like, Ndombele wants to be linked to Barcelona, Real Madrid, Bayern Munich. And people kind of laughing at it. And sure enough, Bayern wincrums. So what, if, what the fuck do we know? I mean, hell, you know, if we do it, like give us Gnabry and uh, you can have Ndombele. How about that? Um, or something like that. Uh, but, uh, but it does show that there's a market for which, you know what? As a club, we've always been like, we're going to bring as many people in as we take out. So kind of. With Ndamale, as far as I'm concerned, he's an incredibly talented player, but he's never really done it here for whatever reason. Sometimes things just don't work out with the environment. It seems like ever since he got here, he wanted to leave, even before Poch left. So it just hasn't worked out. So if we can get anything back for him solid, it seems like we might be able to. I say go for it because I kind of, going into the season, I really thought, you know, anything, ama- every, any kind of solid, consistent performance he gave would be a bonus. But I don't really expect anything from him. Um, after the three years we've had him so far, despite some of the cameos. Just, you can't rely on him. He's not been dependable for us. So, again, if we're getting interest from these big clubs, uh, let's hope we can cash in on it in some way, shape, or form. Um, definitely, is, um, definitely has value, what it shows.
0: Yeah, uh, let's go to uh, uh, Lucas next, I think.
3: Yeah, um, in terms of, wanting, like, am I ready to part ways with him? You guys know I've been ready to part ways with him for quite a long time. Um, I think it's just gonna come down to Levy and how Levy does business. Um, I don't think Levy's gonna be okay taking a loss. Um, so I think that most likely we're gonna see some kind of swap deal involved in there. Is um, I just, I don't see anybody really being able to ante up the money that Levy's gonna want for him because um, Levy doesn't just take cuts just to get somebody out the door. Um, so I think we'll definitely see some kind of swap deal, Um, I hope that that happens. But I think, like we talked about on the last podcast, I think it's most likely that we're going to see a lot of action at the very end of the window. I think we're going to probably leave this one late.
0: Yeah, Uh, Christian, any thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it's definitely um, not an issue of him going, but uh, we got to get the most value. And you're right, Levy is never going to take a loss on this. Um, it's it's got to be some kind of clever swap deal in our favor. So, um, you know, no hard feelings, part and ways, and uh, we just got to do the best to get the best for him. Yeah. Uh,
0: so I have a question that kind of goes to transfers that I want to tackle uh, real fast, and it comes from Shubes. Uh, uh, so at The Real Shubin asks us, and this was in response to what Glenn had asked earlier about and Tanganga. He said, brilliant question to follow up. Uh, do we need to avoid them being burned out? So talking about Skip and Tanganga, um, hence uh, talk about uh, the who you mentioned earlier, Nate and Tommy Yasu. Um, so do you think that we need to bring in some of these guys to uh, to, to for depth, even if we do think that we can get uh, good performances well, yeah. out of Skip and Tanganga?
2: But, but, I mean, no, actually, I don't know what I said. Yeah, for Tommy Yasu. Was getting linked to us when the expectation was Tanganga was going to go out loan. That's not happening. We don't need Tamiyasu. We're keeping Doherty. I don't know if we can find anybody for Aurier, but if we can't, we're also going to have Oriye on the books. We're not going to buy a fourth right back with none going out. So I think is dead um, on arrival. I think Tanganga's really taken that spot. And Doherty is a backup at this point. And Aurier is, if we sell him, great. If not, I guess we have a third right back. Um, in the midfield, you know. We uh we're looking to bring one in. Um even even if Adama Domatroy comes in, that's said to be the replacement of the striker. So I do think we could like another midfielder, especially if we're taking in the out. Um so who knows who that who that will be. Oh, and we're gonna to try to get rid of Sissoko as well. So maybe we could use two of them. But uh absolutely need a midfielder. I hope we go get one. Sorry, but, um excuse me, but like yeah, definitely. I think uh I think we definitely are going to need more uh, depth in the midfield. Case in point was Thursday how it affected the weather.
0: Lucas, Lucas, uh, you're on mute. Lucas,
3: can you guys can you guys hear me?
2: Yeah, we can hear you now.
3: Oh man, this podcast is just going to be called technical difficulties.
2: Yeah. The, uh, <laughs>
3: The um no, so I agree. I think that I don't see the Tamiasa one happening just because of like Nate had mentioned, the fact that Tanganga seems to really want to make this his spot. Um I would love it to happen though. Uh, I'd love for it to happen because again, I have it doesn't look like Surge is part of Nuno's plans and I have zero faith in Doherty to even do any job. Um, so I would love to see it happen, but I don't think it will and I do think we will try and find some uh bring in another midfielder because yeah you don't want to burn out skip um and I just if Ndombele and Sissoko are going out uh that could free up some space I definitely think that's gonna happen uh, or at least I hope that it happens
0: yeah no definitely i I agree on that what one final transfer rumor to oh no Nick you want to respond to that go ahead and yeah I re- just
2: want to say like we, we just on the midfield thing like I'd love for us to be in a position where we can rotate Bear and Skip. And I think that would be we get another box box of creative midfielder. And maybe that's a sell so long term. Um, I really would be it would be amazing if somehow we swung Weston McKinney. Uh, I know his name's been kind of looks like we're monitoring him. There has been anything really concrete, but it does seem like there's somebody at least a little interest there. And with Paratichi being the guy that brought him into UVA last year, um, you know he 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 rates him. But, um, but yeah, I just think bear and Skip playing together really holds us back in kind of uh, keeping possession of the ball. And Skip, who I've been impressed with right now, I mean, he, it'd be really harsh to kind of rely on him to do this in the first team all season. It'd be a lot to ask. So I do hope that we're in a position where that can happen, because having bear or Skip be able to play Thursdays in this competition or rotating and out, depending on what game it is, I think would be really, really
0: no, I agree. And like I like the the idea of like a McKinney. I think there's great marketing value as well as just a great player there uh, that can do some of that midfield stuff that we kind of need. Um, and yeah, I, I think we can't go the whole season with two holding midfielders and, uh, and less creativity. We definitely need some more creativity out of it. So good points there, Nate. Um, I want to ha- talk about one final transfer topic before we kind of move the conversation along, and that was like a b- news that came out f- from All Star Gold today. Um, and this is the Harry Kane. This is the only time we're going to talk about the the Kane the transfer, which has been kind of quiet compared to previous weeks. To be fair, um, but the rumor had it that came that came out was that City's only offer for Kane so far only official offer has been for, uh, 75 million pounds, um, with 25 million in add-ons, um, which I know there was rumors out there that it was more in like the 130 range, um, or maybe at least 130 in euros. Um, but, um, what do you guys think? Is this, um, if this was the only offer, is that kind of, uh, do we? Do you guys understand why maybe Levy wouldn't take any calls, uh, Lucas?
3: Yeah, I mean, well, absolutely. Uh, if that's the only offer, it's it's ridiculous. It's laughable. Um, but yeah, you don't expect Levy to sell arguably the best player, one of the best players in Europe, and probably the best player in the league. It's like that guy's not going to go for that offer. That's a ridiculous offer. Uh, I do think. I think Kane's definitely coming around to the idea that. There's a real possibility that he spends his year here, not at Man City. Um, I know it was funny seeing he tweeted uh, or his social media presence after the Wolves win was like good three points, hard-fought win, like that type of stuff. And you didn't see any of that after we played Man City. He was completely radio silent. And now he seems to be coming around to the idea that he might be spending his year here. Um, and I just think that unless Man City and he's up and pays what Levy wants, that's probably what's going to happen.
0: Well, and to your point, Lucas, I think it's probably even too late to, for him to ante up. I mean, uh, with this little time in the window, I mean, if we were going to sell Kane, we would need a suitable replacement. And and that guy just doesn't seem like he's out there this year. Like Teams just don't want to let go of their guys. Like, we've been connected with tons of players, like in the 70 to 90 million range, the, most likely Euros in most cases, the guys that we were looking at. But none of those seem like they were going to come through. And if we don't have somebody that we're bringing in to replace them, I just don't see Levy pulling the trigger, even if they came up to the asking price at the last minute. It just doesn't seem to make sense to, to pull the trigger this year. We have more value out of keeping Kane at this point, especially if he's coming around to the idea of playing for us as much as I, I'm pissed off at Levy. Um, any other thoughts on the uh, – I'm pissed off at Kane, not Levy. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm pissed off at levy most of the time, but th- this time I'm kind of siding with levy. Um, uh, any other thoughts on the, the this uh, uh, money situation christian?
1: yeah I, I think I think that he's gonna stay now um, just with everything that's happened and him coming off the bench and what Nuno said about he needs to get in the right state of mind and headspace to be playing here all year and and man city not actually you know putting up the money already. Um, so I, I think he will stay. But, you know, you never know. This is uh, – it could be a crazy last-minute, huge record-breaking transfer, in which case we'll have some real issues. But I don't see that happening now. I think uh, I think he's staying.
0: Yeah, and I, and I, that, that's why I think, like, there's talk about a guy like Traore because uh, I think he's only useful if we still have Kane. Like, uh, you know, pulling people off of Kane and Son is the the only reason to bring a guy like that in. Um like in a new system, I think. Um, so um, excellent conversation on the transfers. Any other w- rumors that you guys want to discuss? Uh, I, I, we did. Uh, it does look like we're getting close to uh, um, Mets. Uh, uh, um, uh, midfielder Pape a star. Um, it seems like that's that deal looks like it's around 15 million. He's an 18 year old. I, I think it's probably smart business whether he's ever going to play for us or not. Like, it seems like he's a a potential talent and that we're starting to think. Both
2: Manchester clubs were trying to sign him. So, you know, he's got a good cohort of people that are interested. So it's nice that he chose us, which it seems like he did. Um, But, yeah, he'll be on loan there. Anthony, I'm sure you're ecstatic that we're going to sign a Mets player. Um, (laughs) uh, Anyway... Uh, yeah, that's somebody, you know, and and I don't know, it's not a hundred percent sure that we're going to load him back. So maybe he's the midfield that comes in and helps us with depth, but he seems to be a good talent. Um, it's hard to gauge because apparently Mets are, Mets are a terrible team. (laughs) So it's really hard to gauge how really good he is because, you know, that can be difficult when you play a really bad side. but, um, but he seems to have a lot of potential.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Great, great conversation all around. Uh. Uh, But that kind of covers the transfers. I do want to – we have two game matches to preview, and I think we're going to move through this first one pretty fast. Um, We already um, uh, took on uh, Pacos de Ferreira this uh, past Thursday, and we have the home leg of that. Uh, We kind of already touched on the fact that this was a uh, team that's uh, – like when they come to us um, without the the away goal, it – advantage to worry about like uh all we really have to do is just score two or uh score one and hold them off until we can get to kicks or something but um either way i think this is probably going to be a stronger squad since they don't have to travel anywhere um, we'll have some guys on the bench who can come in and try and win this match for us um uh, but currently, they sit in 13th place in uh, Liga Portugal with uh, three points. That's one win and two two losses. Um, they haven't been looking good in their league, uh, but they have beat, beaten us in the first leg of this. Um, I'm not going to go into all the player ratings and stuff because we're not going to recognize any of these guys anyway. Uh, so what are your guys' thoughts on this match? I have no idea. Lucas?
3: Um, I think we're definitely going to see a little bit stronger squad. I don't expect us to flex out like our full starting 11 that's been playing in the Premier League. But I think we'll definitely see uh, some rotation and a little bit stronger of a squad just because of the way that second half went where we had really no way to break down when they were parking the bus and they were just letting us have the ball. We didn't have a way through. So I think we're definitely going to see a little bit more uh, attacking prowess from us and we're going to have to find a way. And I think once we do too. I think this we shouldn't have a problem putting them away. Um, I think once we get that first goal and kind of force them out, I expect them to park the bus like they did in that second half. Um, but yeah, I, I don't see it being um, as long as we start a little bit a little bit more of a attacking stronger team. I don't see this being a real big problem.
0: Yeah, and I would agree with that. And and, th- and thanks to Kyle May to ask us that question about the. Uh, um, whether we're going to roll out a similar squad or not um any other thoughts on the squad or uh what we should expect with this match how we're going to set up
1: uh, yeah you know if he's going to roll out the b side uh, again i'm sure we'll see kane uh start then so uh, and uh and see what uh, how that feels um that'd but, be fun, uh, it? yeah that would be uh, that would be fun quite fun new needs
2: time i mean this is this is like a warm up treat sure like an exhibition for him i mean they want him to be fit and hell he probably wants to be fit for euro qual or for world cup qualifying so it's a win win all around
3: hey do you guys know um i just again this is a new competition so i don't know all the details is this one go to uh i know the away goals is out but after 90 if say it's 1-0 us and it's tied after 90 does it go to extra time and then kicks or just straight i have
2: no idea uh I,
3: I,
0: I, uh, somebody told me the other day, but I can't remember, to be honest. I think it might go to, uh, we might have to play the extra time first.
3: Cause if there is that extra time, I could see us loading up with a much stronger bench. Um, like definitely have maybe bring on Kane at halftime or something. And cause, or I, again, I would love to see guys like Indombale or Sissoko or Surge, like guys that we think if they're going to be going out, like. I just I don't have any like I, I don't want to make this all about bash and doherty, but like we're gonna to have to have some guys that attack and I think maybe play surge this game or again get Dombalay out there to just boss the midfield or something because he shouldn't have any problem against this a side of this caliber. So um, I, I would definitely like to use those guys so that we're not having to use the starters like they're definitely high quality players that we're not gonna to have to worry about them being maybe not rested for Watford or something. So and again, in my head, it would just be smart to use those guys in a game like this on Thursday.
0: Yeah, no, that makes sense to me. Uh, any final thoughts before we go to predictions? Let's do predictions. Uh, I'll start with my prediction here. I do think like it's, it'll be a modest victory, but I think we will be able to uh, beat, beat them in advance. Um, I do think um, it'll be two nil. Um, I think we get the the first goal from somebody who s- starts, so I'm going to say Cessignon, Um and then the second goal from somebody who we have to sub sub on to save us. So I will say Sun. Uh, so Cessignon and Sun are my two goal scorers. Uh, uh, Christian, who do you have, or what do you have?
1: I, I like two nil as well. Um, uh, I think um, I think we'll see uh, uh, one of the new guys uh, put one in the back of the net. Um, maybe Gilles. and um, and then I, I I do like again someone to come on and and put one on uh, from the starting squad like Lucas because I think he'll need some redemption. So
0: good shout there, uh, Nate. Uh, how about you next?
2: I think we destroy them. I think it's four nothing. I think Lucas um, starts and is able to do what uh, we. Oh, uh, we we lost your sound, uh, Nate.
0: Yeah, I, uh, you're soft, but we can hear you. Yeah.
2: Okay. Um, anyway, yeah, four nothing. Lucas two, Scarlett one, and uh, Brian Heel one, and it's, uh, it's a very good feeling going into Sunday.
0: I like it. I like it. Uh, Lucas. Uh,
3: I had three uh, nil. My goal scorers are Lo Celso, Lucas, and Kane.
0: Good job. Um, so let's uh, preview the 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 weekend match. Uh, so this uh, this weekend we take on Wat we go back home and take on Watford. Um, this is uh, an eight a.m. kickoff here in Chicago once again. Uh, currently, Watford sits in twelfth place in the league with uh, three uh, three points. That's one win, uh, zero draws, and one loss. Uh, Their form they most recently lost two nil to Brighton away this weekend. And uh, prior to that, their first match of the season, they did ma- manage to beat Aston Villa 3-2, um, which was a fairly decent performance for a team coming up from relegation. Um, prior to playing us, they will have a, a Carabao Cup uh, match against uh, Crystal Palace on Tuesday, uh, the 24th. Uh, so they'll have a few more days rest than we do uh, with our Thursday, um, uh, but possibly less rotation. Um on uh, Saturday after us, so Saturday, September 11th, after the international break, they will take on Wolves at home. So they, they'll have the, the international break to rest after us so they can kind of put their efforts into our match. Their top goal scorer now is, uh, is a three-way tie with uh, Emmanuel Dennis, uh, Saar, and uh, Juan Hernandez with one. Uh, Dennis and Tom Cleverley both uh, lead and assists with one. Uh, Sar is the top-rated player with seven point seven zero, and Dennis is behind him with seven point six nine. Last five times that we've taken on Watford have been in fairly recent years. So uh, we've drawn the last two times we faced them back in January 2020, zero uh, zero. Uh, October 2019 we drew one one. Um, January 2019 we we did beat them two one. Uh, we had a two um, a two two with League Cup. Win, um, in September 2018. Uh, so we were able to n- knock them out after regulation, um, and then uh, we lost to them in September 2018, two uh, one. Uh, so mixed those results, two
2: results are going to have a huge bearing on the days on this game coming up.
0: <laughs> uh, obviously won't.
2: But they're uh, ju- just going completely through completely the- different team. But uh, yeah, Troy Deeney is not. Well, he's still there, but he's 36, I think now, or something ridiculous. Um, man, I do they used to like kill us, but um, yeah, Watford are interesting. They've got some talent. Is As Malia saw I think is really good. He scored one for them against Aston Villa. That um, that game was weird because they got to, like, up to a three three lead and then almost and then they really had to ha- hold on because Villa made a late charge and kind of had a chance at the end of, to to draw. Um, and then Brighton, who actually expect really big things from this year. I think they're gonna have a really good season. I really rate like Grand Potter. Uh, they they kind of dominated that game. So you know they've given up five goals in two games. So let's hope we can score more than one. And I'm expecting us to. And I'd really like to see us because honestly, I think Harry Kane is gonna. I think he's gonna start this game. I think it's gonna be a situation where, I mean, whatever we've gone through in this this summer, I think he is professional enough to play. I mean, even in the cameo he had with when he came on the Wolves, he looked very dangerous. He had a good chance. He was able to link up very well. And I think the more game time he he gets, the better he'll get. So I expect him to play and do well in this game. And I think that will just lead um, with everything else. Um, (sighs) Watford at home, we should win. And we should win comfortably.
0: Yeah, and and to your point, like Harry Kane, you'd like to see – like, this is his homecoming. Like, it'll be his first home match. Like, the way fans were... Uh, uh, I defended him in the Wolves match. And, like, I, I, there was the social media about the back and forth between uh, Wolves. If you haven't seen that, definitely check that out. Um, but this will be his homecoming uh, as, since, since all this drama came down. So, um, a good performance from him here could, uh, could bring him back into a lot of fans' good graces. Uh, Lucas, I think you were next.
3: Yeah, uh, this one's going to be interesting because it's going to be. I expect this to be the first game of our year here that we dominate the ball for the majority of the game. I don't expect Watford to have too much of the ball. Um, Watching them play against Brighton was. uh, Brighton had most of the possession and chances. Um, They really weren't able to get much going, and this is going to be us at home. And I think we're going to have, we're much stronger than Brighton. So I expect us to have the majority of the ball. So. I don't think we'll be seeing us with a lot of the counter-attacking that we had against uh, City and Wolves, but um, I think it'll be good. I do expect Kane to start, um, so I think I think we're going to throw a few goals in, um, and I think that I would like to see us have our third straight clean sheet. That would be awesome, but definitely I do think we're going to have uh, a big day and get a lot of a lot of the ball, and I expect to have at least two or three goals going. Yeah, good show. Uh, Christian?
1: Yeah, I think what what Lucas just said about clean sheet is really the main thing here. Uh, We've got to keep up this clean sheet run. Uh, We've got to um, really control possession, really control the ball. I I think goals will come um, because we're playing an inferior team and and we're really um, set up uh, attacking-wise. So I think we'll win this comfortably. I just really want to keep a clean sheet, like Lucas said. Yeah,
0: I think defense will... it's certainly what we're set, we're handling fairly well uh with Nuno like and he knows how to d- set up a defense but it doesn't feel as like uh um just overprotective as it did under Mourinho at all like it feels like uh we we have some methods to go forward but yeah we're it, it seems like he understands that we're lacking that like uh Really creative midfielder. I think Deli Ali has been very honorable in his box to box like him. Mean, he's run more distance than anybody else in the matches that he's played. Um, and I think that's been very valuable to us. But um, but certainly I think that's what we're going to need uh, uh, to improve upon to, to get better. But at least he knows how to set up and structure our defense where it's not putting as as much pressure as it has to on the defense. I think Mourinho's system really put a lot of pressure on a, a relatively inferior defense uh but now we're we're seeing better performances out of these center backs than we we were not that they're great players but they but I think they're adequate to the task when they're protect well protected and that's what the the whole point of the two holding midfielders at this stage until we get better at the back uh Lucas
3: well, I'm glad you're like, touching on that the two holding midfielders thing uh kind of curious As to what you guys think here, but, and I know a lot of this will depend on how we line up and who gets to play on Thursday, but I'm interested to hear, what do you guys think? How do you think we're going to actually line up against Wolves? Because if we do have a guy like, say, Kane starts, who slots off? Is it Mora or do we maybe not, do we give Skip a break? Or how do you think we line up against Watford if Kane does come in, or even if you don't think he comes in? um, How do you think we line up against Watford?
1: I think Sun just slots in for Stevie and and Kane slots in for Sun. I, I don't see much change other than that. Uh, I think Ali stays. Start, man. Uh, I, I think Ali Ali stays, and then uh, it's um, uh, Sun on the left and uh, and Moore on the right, and Kane up front.
2: I think Sun starts, and I think Lucas is on the bench. I think you'll see Lucas play the full ninety on Thursday. I think Stevie did enough to get back in. I thought he was super good on Wolves. I think a mistake to take him out of the lineup. Um, So I think um, you'll have Kane come in. He'll be able to drop deeper and you'll see Sun and Birdvine uh, try to run in behind him. Or we're going to go deep to Sun and Birdvine and they can drop it back for Kane to be late on the arrival. But I think having both those guys on on, um, each wing being dangerous it's going to be much better than having Lucas maybe clog up that middle part where Kane not likes to operate. Because it's always been the thing about Lucas and Kane playing together and are they able to get the best out of each other. That's always been kind of a, something that really hasn't always worked. So, um, I would like to see Lucas on the bench for this one.
0: Yeah, I, I see what you're saying, and that has been a historical problem. I, I think that there have been some moments where Kane and Lucas have proven that they can play together, but, um... But that has something we've historically seen. So it'll be interesting to see um where Nuno values people and like uh like if it's it's if finishing that uh removes him from the squad or whether it's uh um Lucas who I think he had a better performance against City than he did against uh um against Wolves. So it'll it'll be interesting to see what his decision is there. But yeah, I think that's like if Kane plays then yeah it's going to it's going to change one of the other attacking players uh, um and who's off the bench um, any uh, final thoughts before we go to predictions let's go to predictions so let's start with uh Lucas first
3: all right i have 3-0 just like on thursday i think we have kane gets a brace and bergvin gets his goal finally
0: i like it uh nate
2: I have um, 4 1. I don't think we keep the clean sheet, unfortunately. Um, but I think we crushed them. So, you know, every cloud. But uh, Harry Kane has two as well. I think Steve also gets one. And I think Brian Heal gets one off the bench. Fun times for him in front of the home crowd. So, a very joyous way, nine points into the break. You know, happy days, good vibes all around.
0: Oh, that would be the nine points in the break part would be great, especially uh,
1: Christian. I think it's going to be three one. I want to keep a clean sheet, but I just don't think we're going to do it. I think uh, Watford are going to get get going to get behind us for one. I think it's going to be a sunny hat trick, and uh, yeah, it's going to be three one. I hope it's a sunny
0: hat trick for my fantasy team, but um, <laughs> uh, I, I I also had three one written on my paper, so I'm going to stick with it. We're thinking a lot alike on our scoring predictions. Uh, uh, Christian, today, um, I think my goal scores. I'm going to give one to Kane, one to Son, and I am going to give one to Bergvine. I I I really hope that he gets past these yips and like I think there's a really good player there, and he's he's doing other stuff so well. It's just the finishing that we're not seeing right now. And if he can work that out, um, and find ways to to actually slot him in, or maybe just get lucky a couple times and just. Get get it out of his system. I think we we could see him be, be the player that we all were hoping he would be, um, which is still a very talented player even now. But um, but needs to be a little bit better with his finishing. Um, any final thoughts, just in general, on Spurs before we wrap up the podcast? Like the the as we go into this uh, transfer window closing within the next week, prior to the internet national break that will be coming up um uh how are you guys feeling after two consecutive wins
2: i think there's a lot more to be happy about than disappointed i don't think we've seen the finished version of Nuno, the way he likes to play. So it's always important to think about like when you gotta remember when poch first came here we we're still dusting off the cobwebs baby b and um, we're still dusting off the cobwebs and jose ball too in some ways so I think there are a lot, a lot of things to be excited about. Um, I think one of the most is uh, Deli Ali. I think this is a guy I think everybody should be able to get behind. Someone that kind of had a really tough season last year, and a lot of people kind of turned on him. A lot of people wanted him sold. A lot of people didn't trust him. A lot of people questioned his attitude and his toughness. And this, the way, he started the season. Um, it's almost something where you could say, well, maybe he could become a leader of this team, especially with the way our golden boy, quote unquote, has acted recently. So I would just say, yeah, look at the performances of some of these players and realize that, you know, this team might not be as talented as some of those POD squads, but there's a lot to be proud of with some of these performances and there's a lot to look forward to.
0: Yeah. I, 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 love those shouts. Anybody else before we wrap up? Uh, well, excellent conversation today. Thank you guys. To, and thank you to the listeners for sticking with us through our technical difficulties. Um, and, uh, but thanks to, to Lucas, Christian, and Nate for being on today, uh, sticking with me while I reset my router. Um, thanks to me for editing and sound today. Uh, but I'm going to say thanks to, to Rick for executive editing and sound. Cause I think I'm going to need his help tonight to fix this mess. Um, thanks to Charlie for the music, Kevin, for social media, Lucas for Luke's locks, Kimberly for the logo. And as always the Atlantic bar and grill, uh, I do s- hope to be recording back there soon, even if it's just once, a- once or twice a month for a while. Um, but we do want to start recording in person again, where I think we're going to get a better sound experience for you guys again. Um, I'm looking forward to that now that things are uh, moving back in that direction. Uh, find our merchandise at Big Head Media. Find us both on Spotify and Stitcher now. Hit the subscribe button and write us a review on iTunes if you like our podcast or give us a review wherever you get podcasts. Check us out on Twitter and Facebook at 4 Star Spurs and our website at 4 Come on, you Spurs.